Hello, this is Renee, and welcome to my podcast. If you are in an abusive marriage or relationship, I pray to God that you will ask God to guide you out safely. It is a beautiful thing to be free. I always ask God, why did I have to go through so many things in my life? I'm over 55 years old, almost close to a new decade. There's so many things I've heard and I've seen and I've felt and I cried about and I saw and I couldn't believe it. Not just what happened to me, but with other people, other organizations, uh, hospitals, uh, nonprofit organizations, a whole lot was going on. And I always wondered why God put all of that in me. Why did I have to see it? I'm not saying I'm the only one in the world that went through that. Trust me, I'm not. But as a human being, that human side of me still wanted to know. God was educating me so I can educate other people. So I said, if that's what he wants me to do as one of the gifts and talents he's given me, I want to do it. So I think about professional injuries. What I'm what do I mean by professional injuries? Okay, uh not too long ago I went to get a uh checkup and this doctor said, "You never had any surgeries?" I said, "No, what? You you're at the age you are and you've never been operated on?" And I was like, "No." I said, "The only thing I've been probably close to surgery was oral, which was dental, nothing else. And then I had a nurse ask me the same thing, like they found it quite uh, remarkable that people can get a certain age without having surgery. Well, I'm thankful to God that has never happened. Now, I ain't gonna say it ain't gonna never happen, but I'm thankful to God it has not happened. So, there was a young lady that was taking her child to one of the hospitals to have surgery. And I wasn't far away. Like I said, God shows me a lot of stuff. And they had these two envelopes and they was asking this person, which one of these would you pick so that when your child comes out of surgery, uh, the pain won't be so bad? And you can pick this envelope, it's this, or you can pick that envelope, it's that. and But you have to sign for it. And this young lady really didn't really know what to do. She started thinking about it. So when the nurse walked off, I couldn't help but address the lady because she was heading to the restroom with the child and I asked the question. I said, did you ever think to ask them what kind of medicine would they administer to your child or any child in this hospital that didn't require you choosing from an envelope and signing for it? And she said, no, I I didn't think that I could do that. I said, ask them a question. So I don't know when it was or how it was, but the young lady found me downstairs and she said, they told her that they have a medicine you don't have to sign for that they automatically administer to young children that's about to have surgery. And she said, well, I would rather accept that one than choose A or B from an envelope that I got to sign for. And then when I sign for it, it's like, if something goes wrong with this, 
then I signed for it and ain't no telling what the results would be after that. I get really, really bothered by doctors, dentists, and nurses or whatever. And I'm not talking about every doctor. I'm not talking about every nurse. I'm not talking about every dentist because some people take their professional job very seriously and they truly, really do care about their patients, their clients. But you got some of them out there that'll say, you know what, you need to sign this paper. Uh, so if something goes wrong, you understand it's a 10% chance of this, a 50-50% chance of that. Why are we signing papers? If we are going to a medical school, university, college, or whatever, and we earn these degrees that call us uh, LVN, RN, doctor this, doctor that, when you went for all of that training, there should not be any mistakes in the operating room. Well, you know, something could go wrong, but didn't you get a grade when you went to study where you get to use the incisions, well, scalpel, you name it, whatever it is that you got that degree in, your field of excellence. They didn't give it to you for nothing. So evidently, you earned it. So if you earned it, why are you saying, well, you need to sign this in case something goes wrong because sometimes things can go wrong. Well, I don't want to trust nobody that says that they've taken eight years, five years, 20 years of medical school to learn to do what they need to do for a patient but saying that something could go wrong. Now I was a CNA. Of course CNAs we get the dirty work. We're down at the bottom. We're not big. We're not perfect or whatever but whatever I learned in my training I did the best that I could as a certified nurse's aide. Now those skills have followed me where God allows me to see if the if somebody has a fever in my family, or either I have one, and the signs to watch out for and to look out for. I don't have a doctorate degree in those fields. But I feel like if I would have, and I went for all of that training, the, the precise thing that you have to do in an operating room has to be careful well thought out, accurate, sure, certain. Because if you're not certain, then bring in a qualified doctor that is. There's no guessing games when you're under the knife. There is no guessing games when you give medicine. I just recently took my sister to go see a doctor, but it wasn't a doctor, it was a practitioner. And then the other one said she was just a provider. And she's looking on the website, writing in the symptoms, and then whatever answer comes up, she'll say, oh, well, it's probably this or it's probably that. We need to prescribe. Why? Why? Please tell me why are you looking on the website? Because I went on the website, too, and I typed in a lot of stuff. But I don't have a 
license or whatever to prescribe medicine or to play guessing games to say what it is. Because if you're qualified and you got all of this training, you shouldn't have to look it up on the website. You ought to be able to tell me, okay, we're, we're familiar with that symptom. Is this or is that? Let me prescribe this. If this medicine doesn't work, it, it, we can prescribe something else. Not that you diagnose my problem or someone that's with me and you diagnose their problem by pulling up the information with the symptoms I just gave you on the website. But you're getting paid as somebody that's qualified to be in that position to look on the website to give me advice about what might be wrong with me or somebody else with me. I don't know what's happening in this world, but a lot of this stuff is not new. It might be more noticeable now, but it is not new. Please ask God to give you the discernment that you need to make correct choices and decisions on yourself or another human being. I've made some lot of mistakes. One just recently, well, someone hurt me without a permit, and they're being protected because of that. But God does not sleep. He watches and he sees everything. I don't wish bad luck on my enemies. I don't want to go out there and attack them, try to... uh, 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 what they call uh, mess up their character or their business. I ain't trying to do none of that. Vengeance is God, but he still uses us to carry out his justice. And that's the key word that I'm hoping and praying for is justice. Justice don't mean that people can get hurt, destroyed, or anything like that. God just said, I'm going to give you back what man has stolen. A lot of our joy and happiness has been stolen. We feel overwhelmed with the way the economy is. And the legis- this Texas legislature seems to think of everything in the world except every human being in the world. What they're going through, what they can afford to get, uh, how much food to get, how much to do this, do that. God is not going to leave us stranded or empty-handed. He's the best provider in the world. But you can't just sit there. You got to let God instruct you. I can't explain that. He'll have you call somebody. And if that don't work, he'll have you to call somebody else. Or direct your feet in this direction. Or drive in that direction. He's always leading and guiding. But the thing is, are we listening? Are we listening to what he's showing us? Because a lot of times, if I would have listened to God first... I could have avoided a whole lot of mishaps, a whole lot of mess, a whole lot of trouble. People say, my gut feeling is telling me that. Oh, that's a warning sign. Uh, uh, the, the universe is telling me something. God is the God of the universe that God created the universe. So I feel like that anything that comes from the universe is coming from God who created the universe. Keep your mind intact. Listen carefully and watch 
ain't saying going out there being paranoid, panicking, doing all kind of things. I think I've said it before. When COVID came, I, I didn't panic. I said I was more scared of a Winchester rifle to my forehead. So why would I be scared of something that man said is in the world and is doing this and doing that? You can fake your numbers. You can say this happened. You can say that happened. And then everybody that comes in the hospital, whether it was COVID or it was not COVID, you're still going to say it was COVID to place fear in the world, which it already did. And still is probably to this day now. But I'm still trusting and believing God. When I go outside, I love breathing air. I realize people can come by me. I don't want your cold because flu season is in. You can't say every fever that you get is associated with COVID because when COVID came out the first time, they said it wasn't no symptoms, but then they started saying there were. It was high fever. It was a cough. It was uh, headaches and vomiting and stomach pain. I thought we had a lot of those symptoms way before COVID ever showed up. So when I get a fever, I'm not going to automatically say, oh, my goodness, it must be COVID because I had fevers and allergies before 2020 and 2019, before all of this stuff started. I had the body aches and the pain. So you're saying we had COVID uh, most of my life and I just didn't know what it was. I don't mess with people's beliefs. They have a right to believe and choose whatever they want to. I ain't trying to convince nobody to turn over on my side. Because, see, God uses me just to speak. But God himself is the one that touches. Like, when he ministers to you and he's letting you know, I'm right here. That's part of my message. I need you to hear it. That, that ain't none of me. I don't have that kind of power. I wish I did have the power of God, but I don't. I wish I did have the power to change the world and make everybody be unified. And it's not about skin color or where you live and where you stay, what you have and what you don't have. It wouldn't be about that. We would be all unified. Like we say we're supposed to be. Not everybody's going to like us. Not everybody is our friend. Not everybody want to see us do good or move forward. Got to quit worrying about them and go where God tells you to go. Do what God tells you to do. It ain't our best. He said our best is a stench to him. But I would rather give him my best that's a stench than not give him anything at all. Hello, this is Renee. And welcome to my podcast. If you are in an abusive relationship, please ask God to guide you out safely. There is nothing in the world like being free. Please ask him. He's listening and he's waiting on us. And when I say waiting on us, I've heard ministers tell me for the longest We need to wait on God. God is going to provide. God is going to do so much. And I had to learn something and think about a lot of things that God has allowed me to go through in my life. Even now. We have to make a move forward and ask for God's guidance. Don't you know that God 
puts things in our hearts as well as our minds to do things, to go somewhere, to not go somewhere, to not do things. And sometimes we're not sure which one we should be listening to. I feel like when God says something to us more than one time, it means something. And we have a lot of dreams and we're not sure which one God is going to bless. He blesses them all, but we're talking about the, the one that's going to be an impact. That's going to make a difference and glorify him and not us. He'll let us share his glory, but it's his glory. So I realized that there are a lot of dreams in my heart. Singing wasn't one of them. <laughs> Uh, acting. I've done some acting in my own theatrical plays and that that really wasn't it. And most of you know I'm a writer. Five books on Amazon, wrote two books for other people. And even though that's still part of my goal and my dream, I don't think it's the one that's going to make the biggest impact. I think my story is going to make the biggest impact with God's grace and mercy because it tells how God saved me from domestic violence. It says exactly how the miracles were happening way when I was a little girl and how long he's been in my life and he's still in my life. So I'm like, okay, so what is it that he wants me to do? Tell the story. Tell the story of who he is, how he's always there for us. How when we call up on him, he answers. Sometimes it ain't the answer that we want, but he answers. How he moves us forward in directions that keeps us moving forward. Because sometimes things happen, we can get discouraged. We might not want to do anything, but God blesses us in the middle, which keeps us going. Evidently, he has something for us. God said he rewards those who diligently seek him. We serve a rich God. I mean, nothing down here on this earth can compare to the glory and the riches that he has in heaven. And being that he's our father, he's going to bless us. Now, I'm not saying materialistic things and money and all of that is the way that God proves how he loves us. No, (laughs) I never say that. Because he's shown how much he loves me when I didn't really have a doggone thing. Zero. But he was still there. And now I see the blessings coming here and there. And then they come back back and forth so much that you try to remember the last one. And while you're trying to remember the last one, another one comes in. And then another one comes in. Another one comes in. Immediately. Immediately. But I realized a lot of those blessings were placed probably on hold because I wasn't doing anything. I was sitting in the house and I'm waiting on God to move, just like the minister said. Uh, Don't do anything. Let go. Let God uh, uh, just wait on him. And, And we do wait on him. But he still expects us to move forward, to do something we've never done before. And I realized by doing those things, that's when those blessings started coming. I stopped sitting in the house waiting on God. Do you know how many people have left this world listening to other people saying wait on God when God is waiting on us?
to make the move in the direction that he wants us to go in. There could be so many blessings. I realized a lot of minds were put on hold. They were put on hold because I was dating people that didn't want to see me move forward. I was dating people that wanted to strip the spirit that God gave me out of me. I was dating people that I can, I don't even know if I can say the word jealous because in my heart, that was that spirit of God that says I can do all things through him. And these people were just stopping me because they didn't have any dreams. They didn't have any hopes. They didn't want to see me move forward. And it wasn't just my husband and long-term relationships with my bar friends. It wasn't just that. It's people that you know. People that are already ahead of you. And when they see you catching up, you don't be doing it on purpose. None of us is trying to keep up with the Joneses. But when God moves us forward, you see these strange glares. You see these strange looks. You see that they say they're happy for you, but they're really not happy for you. Because they always was above you when you didn't have nothing. Now that you're catching up and maybe even moving past them, well, they're not so encouraging towards you anymore. They're not smiling and happy for you anymore. I used to think I had a lot of friends, especially when I used to work for college, for, at a college, and I went to college. And most of them people that I knew then, either a lot of them I don't know anymore and don't see anymore, even though some of them I do wish I would have stayed in contact with. Some of them that I still know now loves mediocre. They like living not only in the past, but still doing the same things from the past. Someone says, if you keep doing the same thing, how do you expect different results? Every year, there should be something different and new in your life. My life. There should be a change, a progress, a process that we're moving forward and not staying in the same spot that we did years before. Don't give up on your hopes and your dreams. Don't just sit there and expect somebody to feel them in your heart and in your mind when God had already given it to you, but you're scared to step out on faith because you don't know where to go. You don't know what to do, who to talk to. I randomly talk to people. I talked to a minister one time just asking him a question about a verse in the Bible. Believe it or not, some ministers can't answer your questions. They want to go look it up on the internet or a website. Well, I could have done that. But see, when you think about it, it was God that gave you the answer before you went to this person. And he had God had another motive when I went to this person. This minister, when I told him my story, asked me, could he interview me? Believe me, I was shocked. And I looked at this man like, where the heck did that come from? And he said, I was talking to him when he had a gospel radio station that he comes in on every Thursday, I think five to six, something like that. And I started laughing. I was laughing because 
God works in mysterious ways. And sometimes we think we're doing things on our own when it was God that led us there for it to happen. So I'm thinking in my mind, okay, this is going to be my first interview. So I agreed. I got in touch with a few people, asked them to tune in. Now I can't even find that interview, but I'm thankful to God that I did it. And uh, the minister made me feel comfortable. He showed me when the red light comes on, that means we're on air. (laughs) And when it's off, he was already talking to me, said, don't be nervous. So he basically asked me questions already because he had already talked to me and uh, he had read part of my book. Simple and easy, straightforward for almost an hour. I'm still thankful to God for that. And I was interviewed again by a young lady that's got many hats. I haven't asked her permission to give her name yet any more than I did the minister. I'm sure she probably wouldn't mind, but right now I'm going to stay on the safe side. And that was my second interview on YouTube. Now, I can say that interview on YouTube is still there. He almost killed me. Or he tried to kill me. I'm not looking at it yet. Speak of sis interview. Renee Jackson. And if you go on YouTube and look that up, you'll hear me tell a part of my story. So you never know what God is going to do, how he's going to do it. All I did was ask this lady to critique my book. I didn't know she was going to interview me. All I did was ask two questions from a minister. Didn't know he was going to interview me. So there are things that God knows that's going to happen in our lives that we don't know. And sometimes it's hard trusting in a power that you can't see. But you can feel it. Because God's love just wraps us. He's very protective. He prevents things that could go in another direction that's not beneficial to us. I didn't see that then when I was with my abusive husband. Because I felt like, oh, it was meant for me to get hurt. I'm supposed to stay in this. This is the best thing that's going to happen in my life is to get beat, hurt, and choked and kicked and cursed out and put down and just stripped to pieces. But I'm thankful to God. I didn't let no one do that to me. He had that spirit still in me while I was still fighting. Even in fear, I was still fighting. When God saved me out of that marriage, he let me go back and see some things. He let me see the man that abused me going to a, what they call a semi-coma. Thought he would never get out of it. I started stepping in doing jobs that nurses were supposed to do. Sunctioning him so he wouldn't gag to death. Cleaning him because they just left things on him and just didn't do their job. And then they were kind of happy about that. Because as long as I was in the picture and we weren't even married then. They didn't have to worry about cleaning him. They didn't have to worry about feeding him. They didn't have to worry about anything. 
because I was in there trying to take care of a man that hurt me really, really bad, but still trying to show him just how much I loved and I cared about him. I didn't know after we got married, things would get worse. I didn't know that the Winchester rifle would now be pointed at me instead of supposedly the people that would try to break into the house. So now that I can see what God wants me to do, how he wants me to do it, I'm stepping out on faith. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to try it. I don't know if this here is going to work, but with God's grace and mercy, I got to try it. Uh, th this might not really, really work, but I got to try it and see if it works anyway. And if it don't, that means move forward. Try something else. Go. You never know until you try God has blessed me to be a prose litigant. A lot of people didn't know what a prose litigant is that I spoke to. And I said, that's where God allows us to represent ourselves in court instead of hiring lawyers. And I stopped hiring lawyers a long time ago because I've had too many of them do me wrong. So for the first time in my life, God allowed me to put in a motion against a judge, get this, a judge that was on one of my previous cases. And for some reason, she was on the new case. So I asked for a recuse. A recuse is where you believe or think the judge is being biased, might have a financial gain with the defendants. Um, just not being fair or just at all. And I submitted in some documentations and didn't hear anything. And I'm like, oh God, I really don't need this lady on my case. And then God showed me the answers that I needed was in the defendant's summary judgment. All that I had submitted in to the courts that they did not believe, or rather this particular judge did not believe or listen to me, was in the defendant's summary. So when God allowed me to write up my response, I said, if you want to see anything proof that I've shown that you didn't believe, you ought to believe it when you see it in the defendant's summary judgment. The response is there. Look at Exhibit A. Look at Exhibit I. Look at this. Look at that. That's what I've been trying to tell y'all for quite a while. And thank you, Jesus. He got that judge off my case. An awesome God that does powerful, awesome things. I'm not a bar-licensed lawyer. But I let God guide and direct me because I'm not a lot of times sure of what to do. And what's so weird about this judge, this judge had the nerve to say right on a previous case and looked at me and said, you know what? I think you need to hire a lawyer because you really don't know the law system. You don't know this. You don't know that. Uh, 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 and then she looked at the person next to her. Uh, give her some information on lawyers. I looked straight at her and I said, why would I ever hire a lawyer to represent me? when the lawyer, the last one I hired, was supposed to represent me 
at the cost of my mother when she passed. And you're the one that stole the settlement. I haven't trust lawyers since then. And she said, well, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to go ahead and side with the defendants. Was I surprised? No. Did I talk to God about it? I was like, yes, I talked to God about it. I cried about it. I'm like, God, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? They're going to pull a judgment against me. And how do I do this and how do I do that? And God allowed me to talk to somebody that said all I had to do was write a motion to reinstate my case. But I couldn't submit that in until after the judge made a decision. So I was just sitting there waiting because I knew she was going to decide against me because she never looked at my evidence. And so when she called out that judgment against me, I said, I would like to put in a motion to reinstate my case. Her eye twitched a little. For somebody that's not a bar license, she didn't expect me to know that I had a paper prepared knowing that that's exactly what she was going to do was side against me. And her job was to look at that motion right then and there, and instead she did not. She still sided with the defendants and closed my case permanently with prejudice. Hmm. But you know what? I didn't walk out that courtroom a loser. I walked out with the biggest smile on my face, thanking God that I hadn't lost my case yet. And although she denied it, God opened up another door. And now that she stepped down, I don't know what God's going to do. But God doesn't do tiny little things that people don't notice. He likes to put an impact in this world where they're going to look at him and say, I know it was nobody but God. Well, I can say that right now. There was nobody but God that guided me to the situation that I needed to get in to notice what the defendants wrote, see my answers in their summary, and submit it back into the courts. And somebody looked at it, and then they took it to someone else. And this person emails me and says, we're going to find out what happened to that recuse. And when they found out, they sent me a copy where she signed it herself and backed down. Because the proof was in the defendant's summary. So see, we got to step out on faith. We got to trust God and just move. Try something, anything, and ask him, God, go before me. You said it in your word. You'll go before me. And then you said, you will help me. And you would help me get the victory over my enemies. God goes before us, behind us, around us, the side of us. He works out things we can't see. He already worked out stuff from the past that we couldn't see. But some kind of way it's falling all into place. He's that kind of awesome God. Jeremiah 29 and 11. He knows the plans he has for us. We don't. But when we finally see it, don't we feel a little better? Don't we feel a little bit more confident? Like, I can do this, but I can't do it without your strength, God. I mean, this is a headache, putting all this stuff together. I mean, 
Prosades do almost the same as a lawyer. You know, we're packaging things together. We're writing our summaries. We're, we're doing this and we're doing, oh, Lord, it's just time-consuming. Thank God I haven't gotten a headache from it, but sometimes God will say, okay, do just a little bit and just back off. Take a breather, rest, and relax. And when you get through, go right back at it. And I'm like, am I sure? Is this what you want me to do? Well, I'm all about justice. Well, guess what, y'all? If you read God's word, he is all about justice. He shows no favoritism. But this world is built in a way where if you don't have it all or you ain't got what I got, you ain't a part of my clique or my system. I don't want to be a part of your clique and your system if you got one of your kind on one side, but you're ignoring others on this side. And when I say that, I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about we, we judge people on their standards by what they have and what they don't have. Well, if I have more, I can't associate with you. I, I like having friends when I have them. And guess what? I don't care if they poor, rich. Well, I can't say that. I don't have any rich friends. And I ain't going to say all rich people are bad. I'm not going to say all poor people are bad. I'm not going to say one race is worse and bad than the other. We all have flaws. We all do things that are wrong. We've all made mistakes. But you don't judge a person's character on a, the race that they're from. Because not all of us are in the same category. Some of us have hopes and dreams. Some of us don't. Some of us want to be uh, crooked and mean and angry and upset and violent and all of that. Some of us don't. Some people don't want to get along with other people. Some of us do. It's a lot going on in this world. And a lot of us are struggling. I done talked to people that's struggling. Uh, I'm struggling, and I'm still begging and asking God for help because I see the blessings. But I really, truly believe in my heart that God is doing something that we can't see. And if we just keep hanging on to him and hold on to him, he's going to shower us with so many blessings. We can't count them. He's not going to let us fall in this economy that was probably built in this country and in these states for the people that has the power and the money to survive and everybody else doesn't. Everything falls on the poor and people of color. And sometimes, like when COVID, it, it impacted not just one race, it impacted the entire race. So I'm believing in my heart that God is going to provide. And once he provides, we're not going to struggle in this. I know there's a bigger, beautiful glory up there in heaven that he has for us already. But he's going to show the world we are his children. Like I said, remember the, the distinction that God made between the Israelites and the Egyptians. He let it stay dark for three days 
on the Egyptian side, but he gave light to the Israelites. He killed all of the Egyptians' uh, uh, flocks and all of that, but he allowed the Israelites to stay alive. He said it himself. I'm going to prove and show a distinction because Pharaoh kept on saying, well, whatever God does, our sorcerers or whatever they're called, they can do it too. And because of that, God said, okay, let me make this a lot clearer. I'm going to make a distinction to show who are my people and who are not. I believe God is going to show a distinction to say that, yeah, we were, we were, we were down at the bottom. We, we, we come from this. We've been abused. We've been hurt. We've suffered a lot of things. That's why when people that have never been hurt are abused, they'll say, I understand what you're going through. No, you cannot. I'm sorry. And if you learned all of this in a book, how could you understand what it's like to get punched in the face if you've never been punched in the face? How can you understand what it's like to get choked if you've never been choked? How can you understand what it's like to be homeless and poor if you've never been homeless and poor? And you rich and you living well. <laughs> but you know how I feel. Now, I can understand showing some compassion. <coughs> but you don't know how I feel. Because you don't know what that pain feels like if you've never been hit. So I feel like God is using people like us who have been homeless, poor, abused. Man, I can name so many things that ain't even funny. But I've been through so much and I'm like, God, why? My training was horrible, but he saved me. So now all of that training that he put inside of me, that knowledge, all that he's given me, I'm representing God. I'm not representing myself because I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to start. He let me see so much happening in the world, so much happening to me. And said, I'm going to use it to glorify my name. But he also said he will honor us. A powerful God like that. Talking about honoring us. I believe he's worth trusting then, don't you?